Hi, everyone. Today, I'm interviewing Alan Dean. Now, Alan is, he's very known in the ClickFunnels community. He's one of the top affiliates of ClickFunnels. And he's been on this digital marketing journey since I think 2019, it was, Alan, if I'm correct. And he is, he's an established author, he's a speaker, he's a trainer, he's a coach, and he has made more than 20 million in sales. How amazing is that? I've spent the last two years learning from industry experts and successful business owners, going behind the scenes to discover what makes these entrepreneurs successful. Follow along with season eight of Unleashed Focus podcast, where I dive in deeper than ever before, unlocking trade secrets, discovering what makes these entrepreneurs successful, but also really understanding their habits, frameworks, blueprints, secrets, and so much more. I also ask one important question, and that is how they have grown and scaled their business to a million or more. I'm excited that you are here and I can't wait for you to apply these strategies so you can become successful too. Welcome to Unleash Your Focus podcast, the number one place that will help you to start, grow and scale your online business today. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for being on my show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Joy. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on. I just think the audience can have, you know, they can learn so much from you. You just, you know, you've got such a, a voice in the community. People know you, they adore you, they love you because you just, you know, all around are full of knowledge and you always share your inspiration with people. Can you tell people a little bit about you and who is Alan and where did Alan come from? Sure. So my, uh, you want like kind of a little bit of my, my origin story getting into the space or, or yes, just a little bit about you. Who's, who, who's Alan? Who's Alan? Who's Alan? Alan is, Alan is, Alan is entrepreneur. Alan is business owner. Alan is, uh, but you know, most importantly, Alan is husband and father, right? So that's kind of number one in Alan's life, husband and father. And that's the main reason why I do what I do as is probably most of the people that probably will watch this you know, this video, um, you know, family tends to motivate most people and that's what motivates me. And so, um, you know, at, at my core, that is what, that's what drives me. And that's what I'm all about is, is family. And so everything, everything I do is for my family, to support my family, to give my family the things that they want and need. And, uh, you know, that's why, that's why I do what I do. So, um, but you know, uh, other than that, I, I love to play golf. I, I, have a race car. I love anything that goes fast, whether it's cars. I raced motorcycles my whole life when I was a kid. Um, traveled all over the country in the United States racing motorcycles. And uh, so this, some of this might be stuff that actually never people may not know about me. Um, I fly planes um, oh, wow. as, as, a, as a pastime hobby. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I used to fly planes a lot just for fun. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of kind of what drives me and, and, and you know, some of the things I like to do for fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, you've got some expensive hobbies, so you obviously need to make the money to support the hobbies, right? Boys and toys. That's right. You got to make lots of offers to keep up with my hobbies. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you talked about marriage, and um, I know that you, I think anybody that knows Alan would know that he's very happily married. Now, this show is about going behind the scenes to see what makes people successful, right? And a lot of times, um, it's, it's hard to be an entrepreneur and to be happily married sometimes, you know, for most people. I mean, we've seen divorces, especially with COVID. So many people got divorced, left, right and center. I'm like you, very happily married, no problems in that department, but a lot of people struggle. So what advice would you have for people that is on this entrepreneurial journey, but they really struggle to balance happily marriage and, you know, basically the family life with entrepreneurship, because it's not an easy journey. What advice would you give people? You know, I think that for me, and, 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 you know, this is, this is a tough question, right? Because 
everybody's dynamic is a little different everybody kind of relationships are a little different from people and there's no golden rule that you know everybody does this one thing and all relationships will succeed right so everybody looks for that easy button and it's just it's just not there. relationships are tough work right we all know that entrepreneurship (laughs) is tough work relationships are tough work marriage is tough work being a parent is tough work it's all tough work and so it's just like anything else in the world you're going to get out of it what you put into Mm -hmm. it okay and if you want to succeed in your relationships with your spouses and your kids and all that, you've got to put the work in, just like you're trying to do with your your, your online business, your entrepreneur, you know, journey, whatever it is. You you got to put the work in if you want to succeed. And the same way it goes with relationships. And for so for me, I think that the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is you've got to make time to devote and spend with your family, right? Yes. It, it, and it's hard because especially as a new entrepreneur. You're really hyped up. You're really excited. You, you want to just put in the work, and you you want to work. You know, 23 hours of the day. You know, and, and get your offers and get your funnels built and get all your stuff out. You know, and you're just super excited about it. And you tend to just kind of forget about everything else. You know, and and in the back of your mind, maybe you're telling yourself, "Well, it's okay because I'm doing it for them, right?" Um, but and that that's a grand thing to do. But you've got to still spend time with them, and so. You know, I, I know people like Spencer Meekham, for example, um, know him pretty well. And, and um, you know, I was talking to him and, and he was telling me, he's like, look, my entrepreneur journey, my, my life as an entrepreneur is basically just like everybody else's nine to five. He's like, like, I get up in the morning, I go to work at eight o'clock, I get off at five o'clock and that's it. He's like, and then I spend time with my family, just like a normal person would in their nine to five. So even though I'm an entrepreneur, doesn't really change my lifestyle. I still just sort of work a normal eight hours a day or whatever have you. And then I spend time with my family and I put my phone down, I turn my phone off, I eat dinner with my family, spend time with my kids, you know, or whatever. And so, um, and so that's just what I would encourage people that are struggling, you know, with relationships and, and, and mixing relationships with entrepreneurship and all that is just to make sure that you don't forget to spend time with your loved ones. It's, 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 it's great to be on the journey because of them, but we also need to spend time with them and let them know and and continue to curate those relationships. So. Yeah. I love that. That's really great advice. I actually, I had to pause about two years ago because I was doing exactly that. I pulled all the hours and, and then I woke up one morning, I'm thinking, crikey, I'm, I'm miserable. My family is miserable. I'm a horrible wife. I'm a horrible parent. <laughs> and I had to stop and think I'm doing this for them. Not, I'm not going to do this to them, you know, not being there. And it's, um, right. yeah, and it is, it's, it's just, I think having that realization, it really helps a lot as well. Now, you, you're very good with uh, software creation. Can we talk a little bit about how you got onto that journey? I mean, friend of, friend of foe and, um, and happy birthday is the ones that, you know, I know very well because I'm part of them. I've got them in my, you know, my, my Google Chrome extension. How did those mm-hmm. come about and how did you get into the whole software Chrome extension journey? Yeah, you know, when I got started, if you would have asked me if if you thought a year from, you know, in 2019, kind of when I started in the digital world, so to speak, you know, if you'd ask me if I if you thought if I thought I was going to be building software, I'd have been like, no, you know, <laughs> this just wasn't my thing. But just one more reason to kind of always be open and and you know, uh, you know, you never you never know what's going to come your way, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is just uh, the journey that ended up working out for me, and, and I'm so happy with it. But. I used to interview a lot of people kind of like you're doing, you know, right now, Joy, and, and, and I enjoy doing it. We were talking a little bit about this before, you know, we came on and, uh, and I love to do it. And I love to not only learn from people myself, but also be able to provide value to my audience, you know, because they're seeking to learn as well. And so one time I was interviewing a guy named Myron Golden, very, very, very successful 
He's uh, awesome. I love entrepreneur. him. Love my, I love Myron Golden. One, one of my favorite He's guys. Awesome. And He's... um, just just love Myron. And so I was talking to him, and he was talking with me about there was a couple of two things really that really kind of struck home with me. And one was kind of what what you guys probably already know is is where he was just reiterating our our jobs as entrepreneurs, which is find a problem, provide a solution, right? Simple as that. Nothing. Don't overthink it. It's just, that's our, that's our job is find a problem, provide a solution, find a pain, mm-hmm. provide a solution. Mm-hmm. And then he started talking about finding the fastest path to cash. And he said, this is what you need to do. You need to find the fastest path to cash. You can have dreams. You can have goals. It's great to say, I want a 10X award and I want $10 million and I want a Lamborghini and a 50,000 square foot house or whatever. But you need to find the fastest path to cash to start making money so that you can start building confidence so that you can mm-hmm. start your journey and then scale and continue to go on down the road. Right. But we got to find the fastest path to cash and just get something going. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about those things one day and literally I was just on Facebook and these things are in the back of my mind. And I had like, I don't know, like seven, eight hundred friend requests because I'm on Facebook a lot. As you know, I'm very active. And the more, the more active you are on Facebook, the more friend requests you're going to get. It's just nature of the beast, how, how it goes. And, uh, and so I'm looking, I'm like, look, there's no way, there's nobody on earth that will ever convince me that it is worth my time, that I can justify my time to, to sit there and go through seven or 800 friend requests and just look at them all. And, okay, do I know this person? Do we have mutual friends? You know, do they have a real picture? Is their account more than one month old? You know, whatever, like all this stuff, right? Like, there's, there's no way. Your, your time is entirely too valuable. And I, and I preach this, yeah. you know, so much about, about time is it's, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much money you make or whatever time is something that you will never get back. You cannot exactly. get time back. You cannot buy more time. It does not exist. Yeah. When time is gone, it's gone. What I just said is gone. I can never take it back. Right. <laughs> and so we have to be so conscious and so, um, just, just, just purposeful with everything that we do with our time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is just, this is just something that I think about a lot and we can talk about mm-hmm. something else about that here in a minute. But um, so keeping that in mind, I'm like, I can't justify my time. Mm-hmm. My time is not, my time is too valuable to sit here and go through 700 friend requests. But then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, here's the problem with that. Yes. There's probably a bunch of junk friend requests. There's probably a bunch of fakes in there. There's probably a bunch of mail order brides and pastors from Bolivia that want my money and you know all this stuff right but there's probably hundreds of people in there that truly are real people and that really did want to send me a friend request these are people that saw something I wrote they saw an interview they they read something or whatever and they wanted to shake their uh, stick their hand out and shake their hand with me and say hey you know hey nice to meet you I saw something or read something whatever whatever right and so to me I consider that a warm lead. This is not a cold lead. This is a warm lead. This is someone that's already put their foot in the door to me. Now I have the opportunity to reach out, shake their hand and potentially at some point make a sale from them. Right. And so this is a lead I don't have to pay for. This is free leads sitting right in my Facebook friend request box. And I think that most people just don't consider that or didn't consider that or didn't think of it that way. And so now I'm like, okay, well, now I need to rethink this time thing, like how valuable my time is, because now I have hundreds of people that could translate to thousands or tens of thousands of dollars sitting right here in my friend request box. And so long story short, I looked and looked and I, there was no solution for it. There was no way to automate or no way to shorten the time it took to go through all these friend requests. And so thinking of Myron Golden, thinking of fastest path to cash, thinking of provide solutions to problems, 
that is ultimately how friend or foe was born. And as you know, Joy, what friend or foe does is it basically just sends automated responses to every person that sends you a friend request. And that way you can, you only have to engage with people that actually respond to you. And so you're just weeding out everybody, right? And so, um, you know, what, what, what people need to remember with Facebook is we all get 5,000 friends on Facebook. That's it, that, that, that's our maps. And the exactly. metric on Facebook, the, the, the thing that yeah. you need to care about more than anything else on Facebook is likes, comments, and shares. That's it, right? That, that's what gets our message out there. That's what gets, you know, um, people to buy from us. That's what, you, you know, people to know about us or whatever, right? And so if you have 5,000 people that don't like, comment, and share your stuff, nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to see your stuff. Exactly. And so it's incredibly important that the people that are on your friends list are people that are going to engage with your content, okay? Everybody else can follow you. They can still see your stuff. But on your friends list, you got 5,000 spots. Those are very coveted spots. You need to treasure those spots and award the think of those as award. Like I need to award those spots to people that are going to be valuable to me. And so for me, if I send you a message, one message that says, hey, thanks for sending me a friend request. You know, like how, how did you know about me or what made you send me a friend request? And you don't even respond to that. You're definitely not going to like comment and share on my stuff. Correct. And so this is the basic ultimate concept. And as you know, friend of photo does a lot of other things, a lot of other features and stuff with it. But what I'm trying to do is weed out all the junk, take, you know, the, the, the friend requests that are valuable to me and pay attention to those and not have to waste my time on the rest of them. And so uh, kind of a long story there, but, but it's That's important good. on a lot of levels, not just because of software, yes. but it's important for people to understand Facebook and the power of your friend request and the power of your time. And so that's kind of why I took a minute to explain all that. But yeah, no, it's yes, good. That's, how, it. that's how it was born. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good explanation. And I strongly recommend you guys get onto it. When I joined the friend of foe, which is probably a year and a half ago now, I don't even know. Um, I was sitting with 900 friend requests. <laughs> So it's like mm. the same and I just ignored oh. them because I couldn't deal <laughs> I, I literally couldn't deal with with marriage proposals and <laughs> things anymore <laughs> so I literally just ignored it and um, it saved me a lot of time a lot of time so yeah yes. females have it even worse than males most of the time you know especially <laughs> if you're an attractive female like you get it even worse than we do because y'all just got all kinds of crazy stuff and <laughs> like you said marriage proposals and who knows what else so <laughs> it's 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 quite fun um in Alec um in Alan's Facebook group because there's forever we're ripping each other off or you know the posts that we get we have to because it's just hilarious some of the things that you get <laughs> and people asking for things it's, it's just so funny okay so this show is also about finding like I said before finding out what makes people successful um, with the research I've done in the last probably year and a half I've interviewed over 70 people now on my show so you know it's been a journey and one of the common things that always comes up is productivity you know if you're productive that's one of the things that makes you successful because you actually like you say time right you you use your time very carefully how do you spend your day being productive Alan because obviously you've you you're very cautious on your time so you must have a structure right so when I told you a minute ago that we'd kind of circle back to this, this is probably a good opportunity to talk about this. So as far as, you know, like I I do structure out most of the time my day, as far as, you know, hours of the day and what I want to get accomplished and all that, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to generalize this just a little bit more because Mm -hmm. I think this will help the audience even more and understand the value of time and understand, uh, the importance of what we do all day, right? And so for me, being productive, so I have whiteboards kind of, I have a big one over on this wall and I have a small one on this wall. And on this wall, uh, my whiteboard is my goals, okay? So I have all of my goals and some of them are six-month goals, some are one-year goals, some are five-year goals, 10-year goals, 
all goals. Yes. Okay. And on this whiteboard, um, I list out the goals. Mm -hmm. And then what I'm trying to do, basically, I'm, I'm giving you a Cliff Notes version, but at any point during the day, whatever it is that I'm doing, regardless if I said I'm going to work on this from eight to nine, even if I'm not doing that, at any point during the day, what I need to be able to do is attribute whatever it is that I'm doing towards one of those goals. I've got to be able to say, this is contributing to that goal. This is moving me towards achieving or completing that goal. If I, if whatever I'm doing cannot be, you know, tied to something yeah. on that board, I'm wasting my time. Exactly. My time is not being used wisely mm -hmm. and I'm not being productive. So in other words, mm -hmm. if I'm sitting on the couch, binge watching Netflix, I can't put that to anything on that board. There's nothing on that board where binge watching Netflix accomplishes something of a goal of mine. Right. And so then I know, okay, I'm wasting my time right now, unless it's some sort of family movie, you know, and whatever. And, and, and for that, uh, you know, on that note, there's, there's not just, you know, business goals, like these are all goals, right? So this is business goals, monetary goals. This is family goals. This is health goals. This is all goals, not just your business. Okay. So we all need to set goals for all aspects and areas of our life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so everything in the day is not just this is what I'm doing going to make more money for me. You know, some of it is, is this going to improve relationship with my wife? Is this going to improve relationship with my kids? Is this going to, yeah. you know, uh, make, you know, make me have a healthier body, you know, or whatever. Right. And so, so anyway, that, that's sort of a, a hack that I use personally. And I mm -hmm. think it's, it's worked out very, very well. I think mm -hmm. anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And I would strongly encourage people to at least give it a shot, mm -hmm. just write out your goals. And then during the day, just think about like, is what I'm doing helping me move towards one of these goals, helping me accomplish one of these goals. If it's not, you're not being productive and you're wasting your time and it's time that you can't get back. And so you need to change whatever it is you're doing and move on to something else that will help you, you know, reach your goals. Yeah. And I completely agree. I'm doing exactly what you do. And I've got a whiteboard right here as well, which is exactly, you can actually see the bottom piece because sticking out a little bit on my, I've got two actually. I completely agree with you. Morning routines. Do you have one, Alan? I do because I have kids, you know, so yeah. I have a uh, nine-year-old twin daughters and I have a 12-year-old son. And so, you know, very, very morning routine for me, which is basically all revolves around school. So, you know, I, we get up at between 5.30 and 6 mm -hmm. and wake the kids up and the kids get up and, um, you know, we, we do breakfast, we get backpacks ready, we get, you know, dressed, clothes, whatever, all, all, all the normal kind of stuff. And uh, so, so morning is pretty much all kids and then once the kids are off to school they go to school you know about 7 30 and then after that it varies day to day so it, it kind of depends on my wife somewhat you know she she goes to the gym pretty much every day and usually in the mornings but she goes at different times so depending on if she goes if she, if she leaves right when the kids go to school then i then i come straight to my office and i do work if she doesn't leave right away usually i'll spend some time with her in the morning and then I kind of start working when, when she leaves and goes to the gym. So I try to spend some time with her when, when she's here. Right. And then, uh, but then when she's gone, it's just all, all work, all business for me. Most of the time, unless I have honey to do lists, you know, or something, I got to run around and do something for her. Uh, but other than that, pretty much once she is gone and she leaves and she goes to the gym, she's gone for like I don't know, half a day, whatever, doing her stuff. Um, then, uh, then that, that's pretty much work time for me. And I work, basically until the kids get out of school. And when the kids get out of school, then I usually don't work anymore after that, yeah. because then it's time to spend time with the kids. It's time to do homework. It's time to, 
uh, you know, do stuff in the afternoon, go outside, play basketball with my son, whatever. Then it's dinner time, you know, and then it's getting ready for bed. And so the rest of the day tends to get, you know, really busy. And so for me, yeah. my typical work day to get stuff done is yeah. 7.30 in the morning to about 3.30 in the afternoon. And that, that's kind of my time to work yeah. is when the house is empty for the most part and the kids are at school. And uh, that changes a little bit in about two weeks when they get out of school for the summer. <laughs> it's going to be a little harder. But uh, as a general rule, that's kind of my, my routine. So, because in the States, it works what you guys have like two holidays a year, the winter and the summer holidays. How does it work? And it's like, what, six, seven weeks at a time or? It's just the summer holiday. Just the, oh, the yeah. summer one is the big one, you know, where they're yeah. out. I mean, um, there's some of the holidays like Christmas, they're out for like two weeks, you know, or something. Yeah. Uh, but the summer, you know, they're out for several months. And so um, it's a pretty big span between the summer yeah. and when they when they start school again. Yeah. So they're out for a while. It's crazy because here in New Zealand, um, hard works is every if this like they work in terms as four terms a year, and each term is about two weeks, except for December, that's about seven to eight weeks off. But each term is two weeks off, so it's also it's like they just spread oh, it out. But it's also it's crazy, it's like it was just school holidays, really. Do we have another one? But yeah, I completely no, get they that. don't do that. We, we, we get a little bit here and there, and then they just give them give us the kids for like three months like, here you go they're all yours for three months like <laughs> so everybody takes their vacations in the summer here you know everybody goes on yeah. vacation whatever because we all got kids all summer long so well that's um, good it's texas it's really hot here in the summer you know we get up 100, 100 plus degrees in the summer here and, uh, so a lot of water parks and <laughs> water yeah. slides in the front yards and stuff like that a lot of that in the summer here that's awesome okay so um your 20 million how did you achieve that? Just a basic blueprint on how did you, you know, how do you actually source your leads and your sales to get to, to make your sales? So the $20 million, the $20 million in sales was from my professional career before I mm -hmm. uh, completely went to the mm -hmm. digital space right and so as a little bit of a as a little bit of a back history because we didn't really touch on this and i think this is important for anybody mm -hmm. to to learn about me because i think this will resonate with most people mm -hmm. is me and my wife both worked full-time jobs professional careers the whole time i known her she worked she worked the same job for over 20 years mm -hmm. and um and so we were both making you know good money and this is where the 20 million dollars in sales came from me was in my professional career which is in the heating and air conditioning industry and i ran a multi i built a multi-million dollar company of my own i sold it uh, when we had our first kid and then i uh, went and managed another big big multi-million dollar corporation for many 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 years and so um th this is where all my sales came in and the problem was um, you know, lots of sales, money, whatever. And me and my both wife both had good incomes, but my wife came to me uh, about in 2019, a couple of, you know, about three years ago. Yeah. And she says, look, she says, you know, I'm not getting to spend time with the kids. Cause even then, even though I wasn't doing the digital space, my schedule was still roughly the same. I would take the kids to school. I would go to work and I would leave work early and I would go pick them up from school at three 30 and she didn't get home from her job until about seven 30 at night. Wow. And the kids are in bed, you know, by oh, eight, eight, the latest. Mm. And so, so her problem was she, she came to me and she says, she says, look, um, you know, I'm not getting to spend any time with the kids. I'm not getting to be a mom. I'm not getting to be a wife. You know, like I, I come home from work and I'm hungry, you know, whatever. And, and by the time I scarf something down, like the kids are going to bed, you know, I'm just not getting to spend any time with them. And so, 
you know, she just, she basically just came to me and she says, she says, I want to, I want to quit working. I want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom and I don't want to work anymore. You know, I want to enjoy this time that I'm missing. And so remember, we're talking about the value and importance of time. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a parent, you know how quick your kids grow up, man. And it's exactly. just gone like that, you know, before yeah. you know it, it's yeah. happening to me in real life right now. And so mind you, you know, she's six figure salary, right? And so this is not McDonald's income that we're giving up, right? This is life-changing money for a lot of people. And she says, I don't care. I don't want it, you know? And so in order to not change our lifestyle, that became my goal. My goal was now, in addition to sales and the income that I already have, I want to create another stream of income that will supplement hers. I need to create a six-figure income to replace hers while I was still working a nine to five job myself um, so that I could give her, you know, what she wanted and be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And so that's what I did. That's why I started out in 2019 and then um, right at almost exactly a year in. So last year, right about the time the whole COVID thing hit, um, we had surpassed that mark for her. And so she quit her job and she's been a full-time yes. mom, a stay-at-home mom ever since. And so the reason that I think that's important, the reason that I love to share that story is so many people are in the same boat. I'm nothing special guys. You know I mean? I had a career sales, you know, whatever, but I'm nobody special. When I came into this digital space in 2019, nobody brought me here. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a list of email list. I didn't, I had nothing. Okay. And I was working a nine to five job. I was picking my kids up from school at three 30. I was taking them home, doing homework. I was cooking the dinner. You know, I was doing the homework. I was doing everything. And I still managed to make the time, you know, my time was late at night, but I still managed to make the time to commit to earn another six figure income on top of all that, just so I could support my wife and let enable her to uh, quit her job and be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And so um, I just think that's important because I want people to know that if I can do it, you can do it. Like I I didn't do anything special. I just put the work in. I had a strong why that was motivating me, right? Mm -hmm. It's my wife Mm -hmm. and my family. And, um, and so I had goals and I just set out on a mission and I took action every single day to make sure that I hit my marks. And then once I did, she was able to quit her job. And then eventually I ended up quitting myself because I got tired of it. And so I'm like, screw this. And so now we both, well, she doesn't work at all. And so I just work from home, you know, doing, doing my stuff uh, uh, here. And it's, it's been great. It's been absolutely life-changing. I wish everybody could enjoy, you know, the kind of freedom that I get to experience right mm-hmm. now, because you know, me and her going lunch dates like all the time. It's just stuff we never got to do. You know, that when you're strapped down and you're and you're really handcuffed to the nine to five jobs, you just don't get that kind of freedom. Okay. And so um, I'm just, we're, we're both just enjoying life so much more uh, now. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for getting to be on this journey. And, um, but, you know, I can't let my foot off the accelerator pedal, right? Like I got to keep it down, got to keep it down because I don't want to go back to, you know, the way before. And I know she never wants to go back to work. And so, uh, so that's kind of what motivates me and keeps me going. The Sana, here's the thing. And when I speak to people that they often someone's like, I don't, because a lot of the people that I help, they still have a full-time job, right? It's not uncommon. It's very known, you know, people, that's mm-hmm. how we all start out. Um, but then they reach a point where they're like, well, I don't actually know how to juggle everything plus start this part-time thing. How many hours did it take you realistically a week to to just sit down and just, you know, get into it and start making money on the side. So when I started, the first thing that I started with was the one funnel away uh, challenge, right? So this is click funnels and 
so I had watched the ad or something of Russell's and, you know, they started retargeting me and mm. they start popping up in my Facebook feed, like everywhere I went, you know, and I think that I, I think initially I signed up for the 30 day summit, which is a free summit where you can go and kind of, they have like 30 authors, 30 people. And yes. they ask them if you lost everything, you know, and you had 30 days, you know, what would you do to, you know, get it back or whatever, basically. And so it was free, you know, and so I signed up for that. And then there was an upsell for the one final weight challenge, which is basically just a 30 day challenge for anybody that doesn't know. It's just kind of a 30 day marketing challenge, kind of teach you the ins and outs of digital marketing and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, getting your mindset right. And, you know, kind of giving you the the path to be able to create an online business of some sort. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I got started was one from the way journey. And on like, I don't know, like day one or day two of the one funnel away OFA that's what we call it uh the very one of the very first thing they did was they said listen here's what you have to do you write out your schedule so this is my normal schedule it's what time I wake up it's what I do you know whatever kind of like we were talking about earlier it's what I do all day long from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep yeah. so write it all down then now you need to add one to two hours a day to commit just to the one funnel away challenge because that's how much work is involved in the challenge as yep. you know a lot of training mm-hmm. a lot of homework a lot of stuff we got to mm-hmm. do hour videos to watch sometimes whatever right and so they said, now you need to take your schedule, readjust it and add in one to two hours a day to complete the challenge. And so that's what I did. And so for me, because, uh, you know, my wife was working at the time, I was still working with the kids and all that stuff. Like I said, I didn't have any free time during the day, as do most people. Mm-hmm. So my free time was at night. And mm-hmm. so after the kids went to bed, after I spent a little bit of time with my wife, I would come into my office and I would sit down and I would do my work. And so on average, one to two hours, you know, a night. So that would be nine, 10 o'clock at night, most nights. And so there's a lot of nights I'm up till midnight and back up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, and, uh, and that's what I did it. So I would say, I would say about two hours a night. And, you know, when I got started, I would say about two hours a night, I committed to doing that one funnel away challenge. And that was a 30 day challenge. And so, you know, for the first month, uh, that's about it. They, they give you the weekends off, even though I didn't really take them off. I would still kind of do some work, you know, on the weekends and kind of recap a little bit. And at the time I was also building a Facebook group and, you know, continuing to kind of grow as I went through the, the challenge. But, but yeah, uh, that's kind of the, the short answer would be about two hours a day is yeah. kind of what I put into it when I first got started. Hmm. Now you were talking about audience um, earlier a little bit and like you, you're very known in the ClickFunnels community, obviously because you're also a top affiliate and you're always sharing value. Like you just, you're just an all-rounder, nice person, Alan. People love you. So, um, how do you, how did you start building your audience? Because people find this quite hard. Like I, I don't know, personally, I just network them in jingles and you know just talk to people and have fun. But how do you do it? How do you network? Because you built yourself up quite a very. I mean, if you post something on Facebook, there's a lot of people that comment and like your your post, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so how did you get to that point? Considering you had nothing when you started in 2019. Yeah. So. You know, I think that the, the, the key to being successful mm-hmm. is creating and producing more value, right? And so, and so every, everything kind of revolves around value. And it's a little cliche sometimes that people yeah, say that, but it's the, the absolute truth. It's the absolute mm-hmm. truth. And yep. so when I got started, I started a Facebook group. And so initially, so I'll, I'll give you exactly, tell you exactly what I did. Yeah. My, from day one, when I started, I started the One Funnel Away Challenge is my first day one in my online journey was one funnel challenge. Immediately I started a Facebook group and I called it the 
ClickFunnels Accountability Partners Group, I think. Eventually, ClickFunnels actually ended up emailing me and saying, you can't call your Facebook group that because it has the name ClickFunnels in it. And, you know, you can't do that. So I had to change the group name. But when I first started it, um, that's what it was called. And so basically what I started doing was I was going through the journey, the mm -hmm. uh, challenge. And in the challenge, we have a private Facebook group for mm -hmm. just the people that are going through the challenge, right? So there was, I don't know, 5,000 people in the challenge or whatever it was at the time. And so I would go and I would kind of see who was being active in the challenge, who was talking a lot, you know, whatever, who I could tell were like kind of the sharks that were just, you know, trying to prey on people and who weren't. And so uh, what I started doing was just messaging people that I felt like were first timers like myself. And I would invite them to my Facebook group and I would say, hey, look, I just have this accountability group. I'm not here to sell anything. I just want some people, you know, a safe place for some people to kind of come together and hold each other accountable so we can go through this challenge because it looks like it's really intense. It looks like it takes a lot of time. And hopefully we can all kind of, you know, be successful and go through it together. And so that's what I did. And so that's how my Facebook group started and then it has evolved over time. And then eventually what I did was like you and I were talking about earlier and kind of like you're doing right now, I started interviewing just tons of people. And so mm. Here again, what I'm trying to do is provide value. And so what I did was I went to my Facebook group. And by this time, you know, there's probably a 1, thousand, 1500 people in my group. And I say, look, give me your top 10 of your yeah. dream 100. So let's say the top 10 people that you want to follow, the people that have achieved the things that you want to achieve, the people that you really want to learn from, the people that, you know, you want to emulate, right? Like, like the, the people that, you know, number one people in your life that you want to follow. And so... I said, give me those people. I said, and I'm going to go and I'm going to track down those people and I'm going to convince them to do an interview with me in this Facebook group and we'll do it live. And so you'll get the opportunity to come and ask these people questions live, you know, via the chat, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So that's basically what I did. I spent the better part of, you know, a year interviewing all of these A-list people, you know, like, like tons of multimillionaires like Myron Golden, we talked about earlier and just tons and tons and tons and tons of great and very, very successful people. But it was all people that my audience wanted to hear from. It wasn't people that I wanted to, not that I didn't want to hear from these people because they're all great people, but I let them choose. I say, you tell me who you want to learn from, like who would be the most valuable to you. And I will track those people down and I will do an interview with them. And that's what I did. And so not only did I get to learn from these people, but my audience felt like I was providing immense value to them because I wasn't selling them anything. We never sold anything at the end of the interviews. There was no pitches. There was no ulterior motive behind all this. It was purely to provide value. Mm. And so that's what I did. I just continued to provide value. And so I built up, you know, a lot of people that were uh, very thankful for that, a lot of loyal followers. And then eventually when, you know, it came time to make offers, they had no problem supporting me because they knew all of the work that I had done for them and all the, the value that I'd given them. And I always gave it without expecting anything in return. And so, uh, you know, like I said, when it came time to make offers, if it was something that they needed, then there was, you know, they didn't even question it to, to yeah. purchase, you know, from me. And so it was just kind of a, you know, what comes around goes around, right? Like if you treat yeah. your people right, if you're honest, if you're ethical and uh, you continue to provide value, money will come money will come as a byproduct right like your customer service and and, and giving value should always be number one in everything that you do exactly. and as long as you do that right as long as you do that right then you know the rest of the stuff will follow so yes i completely agree with you 
what what is the okay we talked about family and obviously your family is your bigger why and that is what drives you you know to your success and all of those things do you have a bigger picture in the next five years you know a bigger goal to what you want to achieve have you do you plan that far ahead oh yeah you know i have so i i kind of might make some people mad here but i but i tend to troll dave ramsey a lot right he's he's kind of a big financial guru you know yeah. here maybe i don't know if you know him but here in the states he's whatever but i troll him a lot because to to, to your point yes what i want to do is i want to create generational wealth so mm -hmm. i want to create wealth that gives my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids a head start in life yep that's you me know? too i get it completely and so mm -hmm. i'm looking way further down the road yeah. than just having a good retirement which is kind of like a dave ramsey follower like it's it's he's teaching get out of debt and and you know save up some money so that when you retire you can have a couple million dollars and live you know a great retirement well, that's great i mean but then what i'm not knocking you know like i want everybody to enjoy that yeah but my 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 point and the reason i troll him and, and i do it for fun but but in all seriousness is because i believe that people truly have the ability to do so much more than yes. than what he teaches right i, I mm -hmm. believe that you can achieve so much more in life you can achieve so much more you know wealth and and generational wealth if you can apply a lot better principles than pay cash for everything and don't ever have debt and whatever right so different financial literacy literacy class interview different time but uh you know but the main answer to your question is I'm looking at doing so like right now we just I bought land three different lots up in a different state than where we live and we're mm -hmm. fixing to build three rental cabins fixing to spend over a million dollars building rental cabins and these are going to be long term investments yeah. that are going to be asset and revenue producing re revenue producing assets for me for a long time to come and so these are the things that I'm looking to do and I'm looking further down the road is increasing my assets increasing revenue increasing anything that can produce cash flow. Um, and I don't, I, you know, I'm not just settling on what I'm doing with Facebook Chrome extensions, you know, like, mm. I mean, the real estate, I'm, I, you know, I have two other businesses and, uh, you know, service-based businesses. And so I'm continually looking to grow, continually looking to expand, continue looking to invest in any way I can to create as much generational wealth as I can. I love that. That's really awesome. So this show is also diving in um, to help and motivate people potentially motivate people that's the goal to start a business you know because and i think this this drive for me really started COVID when there was just so many people that lost their jobs and they struggle right but yet there's quite a lot of people that sit on the fence or they're stuck in their business and they just don't know how to take that next step what advice advice would you have for somebody that is sitting on that fence and they either don't want to start a business yet because something's holding them back or they have and they're stuck what advice would you have for somebody oh man you know i think that i think that people the number one problem is that people don't give themselves permission to succeed so they constantly mm -hmm. have a limiting belief and they yeah. just constantly get in their own way they, they just mm -hmm. they're going to give themselves every excuse in the book I don't have time. I don't have this. I don't know enough about this. I don't have suppliers for this product. I don't, you know, I don't know how to build software, whatever the excuse is. And this is what all new entrepreneurs, all new business owners struggle with. And if you're struggling with that, don't worry. That's everybody goes through that phase, right? 
but you have to get over that. It, it is a limiting belief and you have to give yourself permission to succeed because if you don't, you will never succeed. You will never get over that hump. You will constantly just be sitting there and, and, and you know, just, just, just never able to move forward. And so I think that is the number one thing is that you just have to give yourself permission to succeed. I can do this. I will do this. You know, I am capable of doing this. You have to believe in yourself because remember guys, if I don't believe in myself and if I don't believe in what it is that I'm doing or the mm-hmm. product that I'm selling, mm-hmm. my customers sure aren't going to believe in it. Right. Exactly. I don't even believe in it. So you just have to have faith in yourself and, and sometimes that's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to step out on faith. It's hard to, to do stuff like that. But, you know, if we go back to basics about entrepreneurship, you know, I was talking to Steve Larson uh, recently and, and uh, you know, he, he said something that was, that, that was great. He said, he said, people just, they're worried about step 79, right? Like they're just worried about what's going to happen down the road when I do this and, and this, and the customer does this and, and why are you worried about that? You need to worry about step two. You're on step one. You worry about step two. You don't worry about step 79. <laughs> and this is what our brains do. We, we just tend to overthink and we get in our own way and we say, well, what happens here? And what happens when this happens and this happens and this happens? You don't worry about that. Worry about baby steps. We just, well, I'm on step one. I worry about step one and how I'm going to get from step one to step two. That's all I need to worry about. Right. And so uh, we just need to identify our why. Why am I on this journey? Mm-hmm. Who is it that I'm called to serve, you know, mm-hmm. and what problem can I solve for them? It's the only thing we need to figure out when you're, when you're just getting started, that's what we need to figure out why I'm on this journey. And by the way, don't let that be money, right? Like money will come as a byproduct. Like I said, when we serve our customers well, but don't just be on the journey for money, money, root of all evil. We all heard all that. And it's, and it's very true. You're on a reason. I mean, you're on a journey for another reason. And like I said, money will come. But why am I on this journey? Who am I called to serve? And how can I serve that person? What problem can I provide for them? We need to identify those three things and then just get out of your own way and give yourself permission to succeed. So that would be my advice for people that are just stepping in. Love it. That's really great advice. I would follow that advice, guys. <laughs> Alan, where can people reach you? What What do you have to offer for people and where can they reach you? I, you know, I offer... offer ways to save time we just talked about how important time was and so i create softwares a lot of what i'm doing right now at least in the in the digital space in the facebook world is i create softwares that Mm. save time and so you know friend or foe we talked about that happy birthday you know another great one and then i have two other softwares i have an emoji me and then i have a brand new one that we just launched called influencer insider and it's a way to stalk those your dream 100 people you know so you can kind of see what they're up to and nice learn from them and all that kind of stuff right and so basically i create things that will help advance you in the world of entrepreneurship and all that but also save you lots of time so i'm trying to automate things that can save you a lot of time and so that's what i spend a lot of time doing is creating tools that can help you do that and at the same time i have my facebook group and also my personal profile where i love to just share you know i love to just give back i love to share value i love to help anyone i can with anything and you know i'm never I'm not the guy that's always trying to lure you in with something and then want a dollar from you, right? Like, that's just not my personality. Like, I truly want to give back. I want people to experience freedom. I want people to get past those limiting beliefs. And I, I love to see people succeed. I love it when people succeed. Mm. And um, I just, I really believe that everyone has the ability to do that. And so mm. if I can help people do that in any way, then, you know, that that's what I'm all about. And so 
you know, the easiest place to find me is just real simply my, my personal Facebook profile. You know, that's where I spend the majority of my time is that or that or my Facebook group, which my Facebook group you can find on my personal profile anyway. So, yeah, but yeah, if you send me a friend request, friend or foe is going to hit you with a message. So just, so just be warned, you know, you're going to get a message from friend or foe, but, uh, but by all means, feel free to send me a friend request or just follow me or whatever. And, you know, tag me anywhere, guys, you can tag me wherever you see this, this interview, tag me in this interview, tag me on my personal profile, send me a message, any, any point, anywhere, if there's a question or something I can help you with, then please, by all means, ask it. And I would love to help you. Thank you, Alan. This was amazing. I really appreciate your time. This is just, you are just such a source of information and it's great to finally do this. I've, I think I've actually been wanting to interview for like a year now. So it's, it's you know, it's another goal ticked. I finally yeah. interviewed Alan. So thank you so very much. I really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, we will be in touch, I'm sure. Sounds good. Thanks again, Joy. Appreciate Thanks. it.